Hey, it's Darren from Bonfire. Thanks for checking out the podcast. This episode was recorded live on YouTube and Facebook. Head on over, and you'll get the full Bonfire experience. Consider giving us a like and a subscribe. And when you do that, you help fuel more free content here on Bonfire Sports. Find everything you need, links and more, bonfiresports.ca. Now, enjoy the show. Like the way Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press put it, a blockbuster Saturday night in Calgary, 7-0 Bombers taking on a one-loss Calgary Stampeders team. That loss, of course, coming to the Blue Bombers just two weeks ago here in Winnipeg. Chris Walby to my virtual right. My name is Darren Bombing. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us on Amen. Game Amen. Day Winnipeg Bonfire Sports. Chris, I got to say before we get into it, that beard and mustache in particular is looking majestic. It's looking good, brother. It's looking good. I tell you, sometimes it gets a little hot. It's going to be a hot weekend. I, hey, listen, before we get started, wish everybody a great long weekend, man. That's a big yeah. thing. Man. It's going to be a great time. I heard plus 30 tomorrow. So uh, get out there, enjoy the weather, and then enjoy that ball game tomorrow, which, like you say, a lot of games I get excited for, and the Bombers find ways to win. And, you know, and, and I read that whole thing about – you know, they're getting lucky. Well, you know what? You got to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good. They're making their plays when they need to make them. I mean, the red zone is crazy. The defense keeps playing. And and I think when we talk about Edmonton's game last week, I was blown away when I went back and watched the game again. Yeah. And saw the stats for Zach. 7-16. They only had the ball for 22 minutes. And they win the game. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And when you think about it, logistically, you're thinking there's no way in the heck that this team is winning, but this will be a different kettle of fish here, buddy. Cause I think, uh, Calgary has had a bye week So they've had, uh, you know, they went through a little bit of COVID garbage too, right? A guy, one yep. guy had pneumonia that, you know, and some guys are, but they're all back. Um, and you know, they're two and zero at home right now. And the bombers have lost the last four regular season games at Calgary at McMahon stadium. Albeit they did win the playoff or the Western final, which is the biggest one. But yeah, it's got it's got the makings of a true classic game. It's one of the ones I'm looking forward to, DB. And I know you are too. I mean, you don't want to miss this one. This is one you mark on the calendar and say, oh, let's watch this, baby. No doubt the Calgary Stampeders have had this marked on their calendar since that 26-19 loss in yep. Winnipeg. Uh, so, cl- uh, so close, uh, Kamar Jordan was to pulling in a touchdown inside the final minute. Of course, Demario Houston running to the ball. Loose change is what the Blue Bombers call it. When you see them running after footballs, uh, whether it's incomplete or a fumble or whatever, they call it loose change. Don't let that roll away. Go pick it up. Um, But yeah, calendar circled a long time ago ahead of this one, Chris. And you touched on a couple things that tee up what we've got on tap here on the pregame show. You mentioned Zach Polaris. I asked him about those numbers against Edmonton versus getting the win. I also... And we will hear from Claris. We will hear from head coach Mike O'Shea as well. I asked him about the teachable moment yeah. that can be a win despite the numbers just not being there. The Edmonton Elks beat them in time of possession, beat yeah. them in first downs nearly two to one, crazy okay. margin. 
uh, and and beat them in in total yards uh, or net yards from scrimmage as well. But Winnipeg still found a way, and this team is continuing to find ways to win. Well, they do, man. I mean, it's interesting. And, and, and C.J. Diddick, who's on here, I love this little comment. And that's a great point. If the Bombers win, they go to 8-0, 16 points. Calgary goes to 4-2, and two, 8 points. You put, you know, you basically put four games uh, ahead of them, and, and it becomes maybe B.C. moves up. I know B.C.'s going to have a game, I think, against Saskatchewan. So that'll be interesting to watch. But, yeah, this is a really big game for the Bombers where they get some space and uh, maybe separate themselves and the rest of the crowd. But again, I just got this feeling, listen, I want to be a homer and I want to say bombers all the time, but Calgary is very tough to beat and they're getting a big crowd. I heard they're going to get the biggest crowd they've had in a long time. Yeah. They said there's a lot of hangovers coming from the Calgary Stampede, but they're going to still get them out there, which is great. And so it makes for a great atmosphere. It's going to be nice weather. Uh, And I'm hoping this one kid plays. I know he's a game time decision for Calgary and I really like this kid, Malik Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a what a what an outbreak! Uh, you know, breakout year he's had. He's three touchdowns, three catches over thirty. He's got the best average per catch in the CFL right now, at twenty yards a catch. Only player the in the league above twenty. Yeah, and he's actually got the longest catch of the year in eighty-nine yards. So yeah. I mean, Dalton uh, Schoen gave him a run for his money last week. Oh boy, that kid! That, we'll get on him too because that guy's. Yeah, you, you better. I, I tell people this all the time, guys. I don't know how many years of contract did that Dalton sign, but. When you get guys come out and they have a, a year like this where a guy's maybe had a few failed tryouts, uh, you know, south of the border, you better enjoy them here because you know the ultimate goal. It's I, I'm not, you know, lying. Everybody knows it. The greenbacks down south are so much better than the greenbacks up here. Yeah. You know, with the exchange rate. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's not even the exchange rate. It's just well, it's pure just, salary, right? Yeah, you know, making probably sixty, seventy thousand, and they're they're starting. I think for a rookie is like 450 American thousand. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's even more than that. No, it could. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, man. But uh, if, if you're on the practice roster for the entire season, you make league minimum, which is, I believe 510,000. That uh, that's, that's in the NFL. And then you look at someone like Chris Strebler who yes. signed now with his fourth NFL team uh, just yes. the other day, uh, signed with the New York jets. Yeah. Not, not the right jets for a lot of uh, uh, sports fans here in Winnipeg's uh, money, but uh, that'll give him another opportunity to, um, you know, continue yep. his career, hit that, uh, hit that veteran minimum of games so he can be eligible for a pension. All of that aside, though, um, it's going to be a, a very interesting game for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yes. You mentioned the big crowd, Chris. You know what they say about hangovers? The best way to avoid a hangover is to just keep it going, right? So oh, from the right. stampede right to McMahon Stadium, uh, no right. doubt it will be, in the words of Chris Streveler, lit on Saturday night for this Wild West showdown. Um, The Blue Bombers have not won at McMahon, Chris, since week 20 of the 2017 season. That was Matt Nichols' football team here in Winnipeg. The other interesting stat that really jumps out to me, Chris, Bo Levi, we know how good he has always played at IG Field. We didn't play particularly well, or his offense, the offense didn't play particularly well against the Winnipeg defense two weeks ago. But Bo Levi Mitchell has never lost back-to-back starts against Winnipeg. So not only is it the bad taste in their mouth, but the numbers or, or the historical trends go that direction as well. Uh, yeah, again, you got to, you know, this is something. They're coming off a of bye week. It seems like every time the Bombers are playing somebody, they're coming off a of bye week. The Bombers have, I don't get, a, get a, I think, to the end of August, which is crazy. 
Then he got three in the last stretch of the season. But having said that, I mean, these guys have had, Calgary's had, you know, basically a week and a half to prepare for the Bombers to figure out what they did wrong and what they did right and any kind of tendencies they could pick up defensively and offensively. Um, you know, I mean, it, the Bombers to me, and you know what's funny? You, you, we, we should give a big shout out right now to Willie Jefferson. I'm obviously the first guy in CFL history to get 50 pass knockdowns and 50 sacks. That's he leads the league. It's usually a DB who leads the league in pass knockdowns, and he leads the leagues with seven. Yeah. Um, just having an outstanding. He's a playmaker. I love what uh, O'Shea said about him. He is a playmaker, a freak of nature, just a great football player. And, and you know what? Tell you what, the best thing we ever did was pull that guy out of Saskatchewan. Yeah. Well, and they pulled him out of uh, Edmonton, of course, going with Chris Jones. So Yeah, well, actually, uh, we all thought he was going to go back, yeah. But how about yeah. Chris Jones today? Not to get on another subject. He cut 11 players today. Yeah. Including uh, Canadian, yeah, Canadian starting receiver in Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. He cut today. Uh, yeah. Yeah, lot, lots of moves happening in Edmonton. Uh, you know, they're probably the a better – just just quickly on that they're probably a better team than they show with two wins and five losses on the season uh winnipeg will have uh edmonton again in early october um chris uh andrea in the live chat oh i do want to clarify first uh yes winnipeg won in mcmahon in the playoffs they haven't won in the regular season since 2017 uh in case i I didn't specify that um Earlier, yeah. Uh, any injured players returning to the game, asks Andrea. Well, yes, a big one, actually. Yes. Nick Dembski coming off the six-game injured list early. Chris, this is an undisclosed injury because he was placed on the sixth game. They do not have to list it on the injury report. He did not practice on Tuesday. He yeah. did not practice on Thursday. It's possible he practiced on Wednesday. That was a closed session here in Winnipeg. Yeah. Um or pardon me, Monday and Wednesday, either way. He didn't practice this week. He may have during the uh, the closed practice. Uh, and here he is Friday morning on the Blue Bombers depth chart, starting yeah. at slot back next to Dalton Schoen. A huge, huge re-addition to the most depleted position group the Blue Bombers have when it comes to injuries. And think about it, what Nick was doing. I mean, we've talked about Dembski and the fact that he's an X-Factor. He's always one of these guys that has a big time play at a big time time when, you know, he makes a play and gets a touchdown and turns the tide of the game for him to come back. But you're right. Not practicing. It's obviously one of those things. And I'm, I thought he might be a game time, but they obviously worked him out. And I bet you when it was the close practice to see if he could. And then they would look at him again Thursday and said, you know what? You look good. Let's just rest you now. Get you ready for the game. We'll see. You'll hopefully he doesn't re-aggravate what he had, which I believe was an ankle. Right. Um, but having said that, just how good are these guys going to be when they get Ellingson back? I mean, my God, that's a that's a foursome a quartet of uh, of talent. Oh, and I got to throw it. I, I should throw in what's his name too, Waller Tarski, who's really come on to his own, is making big plays too. So, I'm not forgetting you there, Big Drew. You and your guitar. Yeah, <laughs> the first down celebration uh, that everybody knows here uh, in Winnipeg, Chris. Uh, there's lots going on in Calgary this week. We're going to be touching on both of these teams, obviously, throughout the show here. Uh, on game day, Winnipeg. How about we bring in our first guest this season? What do you say? I say do it, man. Let's bring him in. Okay. Well, here he is. Danny Austin of Post Media, uh, longtime Calgary Stampeders and CFL beat reporter joining us here. Danny, what's going on, man? How are you? Not a whole lot, guys. It's good to be here. This is an amazing setup. Proud, honored yeah, to be the good. guest of the year. 
So, uh, yeah, thrilled to be here. I'm game and uh, obviously was there in Winnipeg a couple weeks ago and feel like blessed to have gotten to witness that game in person. So pretty hyped. Yep. And you well, got to realize that Mr. DB is going to send you a T-shirt because he doesn't send one to me, but he'll send you one. Well, don't let me start it on that, man. He won't even give me sleeves for my shirt. I got a pi- I got a picture of Danny from the Great Cup with his bonfire bee right in his chest. Go check out my right Instagram. Uh, but uh, Danny, lots happening in Calgary this week, and it all started with uh, your reporting and, and talking to uh, head coach Dave Dickinson following day one of practice, where there was a lot of big names and heavy contributors to the Stampeders team who were not there. Walk us through the last few days and the ups and downs of the health inside that building. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. Um, We know that there was a pneumonia case. Uh, I'm not really going to speculate on who that was. Um, But then we obviously, there there were a couple COVID cases. Now, the Stamps had a bye week, so uh, we don't know when they tested positive. But it was, you know, Kadeem Carey, who you guys have seen, is is a pretty incredible running back. Jameer Thurman is a starting middle middle linebacker. Uh, Derek Dennis starting left tackle. So it was, uh, and Tommy Stevens, uh, their sort of third string QB. So really, really, um, yeah, some key pieces. And then Malik Henry got sick. We know that was not COVID as well. So for a while, it looked like the stamps were going to be horribly shorthanded. Um, understandably for, you know, medical privacy uh, reasons, they weren't saying yeah. who had COVID, how, how each guy was doing. But by yesterday, they were all back and they were all practicing. And uh, when I look at this, the Stampeders depth chart, uh, they're about as healthy as you can be. Um, they definitely have sort of the advantage there um, going into this game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see as you talked about that. I was listening to uh, Michael Shea, coach of the Bombers, talk about, and they were bringing up the you know the fact that uh, there were some health issues in Calgary. And obviously, not, no speculation on who, but he just said, hey, listen. They've had a week off, and it's almost what you said, point for point. And the fact is, he says, I expect them all to be back for game time. And sure enough, here they are. This is a very tough team. I think that they have had a week. I was talking to DB before he came on, where they had a week to, you know, explore tendencies, things that worked against the Bombers, things that didn't work against the Bombers, both offensively. I mean, you think about that roughing the kicker penalty that led to a touchdown. You think about the holding penalty against when Peyton Logan took that, uh, you know, that punt for a touchdown. I mean, they, and then of course, Kamar Jordan with the very, you know, this guy's got great hands and it pops off his hands and go in you know, in, intercepted by uh, Demarius Houston at the end of the game, basically uh, just the bombers have got, they've been very fortunate, especially in that red zone or when it's coming down, they've, they're holding teams to field goals, not allowing, uh, you know, touch. And, and the fact is they haven't even allowed one rush touchdown, which is mind blowing to me in seven games. Yeah, I mean, watching that game, like, first of all, full marks to the Bombers. Like, I'm not coming yeah. in here and saying, oh, like, you know, Calgary should have won that game. But I certainly think that they feel like they let one get away. I mean, those Kamar yeah. Jordan drops, I've never seen him play that badly, to be perfectly honest with you. And he's taken ownership and, you know, promised to be better. Uh, there was also, uh, you know, a borderline fumble that was ruled in completion that the Stamps sort of felt should have gone their way. So, you know, 29-16 yeah. and... You know, that's only one touchdown, but they definitely yeah. felt like it was as it was as close as the scoreline indicated, if not closer. So, um, yeah, I, I do think that they'll come back. I'll, I'll be interested. I mean, the Bombers. There's honestly nothing like watching them when they're deep yeah. in their own territory, keeping you out of the uh, keeping you out of the end zone. They're amazing at that. But the Stamps do feel like there were you know at least two drops in the end zone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, probably a little bit of bad luck with uh, Kamar Jordan with him sort of knocking the ball up in, in, in the, the interception. Although it was interesting talking to Bo Levi Mitchell today, um, 
he was very clear. He was like, that wasn't bad luck. Most corners in the league don't get to that spot. You know, like that's, right. that's a good play, uh, a great play by uh, by the Bombers DB there. So, um, yeah, it, that kind of respect, yeah. These are the two teams that I honestly, I think one of these two teams is going to win the Grey Cup. Um, and it's just very interesting how professional their approach is when it comes to talking about each other and preparing for one another. They both seem yeah. very well aware of the other team being, you know, a real challenge. You know, I'll think- the- oh, go ahead, DB. No, it's all good. Uh, it's it's That's very well said by you, Danny. And I think it's hard to disagree right now that these two teams are atop the heap. No surprise, they're both in the West. I think BC is right there as well. Um, can you see... Uh, well, I want to ask you this because this was a really interesting tweet you put out yesterday that fired a lot of people up and, and understandably here in Winnipeg, it's the way sports fans are, but you tweeted, um, I think the best thing for the league is the Stampeders beating the Blue Bombers this weekend. If Winnipeg wins, they look invulnerable. Healthy, rested Stamps need to win this one if they want the league to take them seriously. Sure. And yeah. I think that that is, that is really on the point. Chris, Chris, I would love to get your take on this. Well, I think, you know, being a former player, I think the worst thing I think can happen to any team, and I remember I think it happened to the Calgary Stampeders, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember if it was a 16-game schedule or 18, but they went, I think, 15-1, and one, and then they ended up losing in the playoff. Uh, you know, at, I think it was to Edmonton, but, you know, it, that's the hardest thing. I, so Sometimes a loss is a great thing, right? Because you look at yourself a little bit more harshly in the mirror when you say, hey, when you lose a game, Sometimes you can, you know, smooth things out. And when you're winning and you're all, you know, everything's a little bit more, you know, perfect. And you don't really have to be so self-critical, even though I think the Bombers are self-critical with the coaching staff they have. But having said that, I I think if the Bombers lose one now, it's probably a good time. It's a weird thing to say, but it's probably a good thing for them to lose a game. Even um, against Calgary? I don't know. Well, they're going to, listen, it's going to be a tough game. Right now, I know they say the Bombers are favorite or 1.5 underdogs. I no, think they're favorite. Winnipeg's a favorite. favorite. Yeah. I, I don't know how that well, I guess seven and oh, I guess is why. But yeah. I, I just look at the Calgary Stampeders, what they've done at home. Uh you mentioned that fact in the in when we first started that Bo Levi's not lost two games in a row. Um first Winnipeg, I, I, yeah. I think I I think he's playing as well as I've seen him play. Like, I mean, he didn't have a great game, but look at the way they ran the ball. I mean, well, that and- Kadeem Carey is a freak. There were uh, he is a freak and I like his Bo's numbers do not tell the full story from that game. Like I there were seven there were seven drops. So it, it looks way, way, way worse when you look at the scoreline um or at his stat line. But I mean, and yeah. the reason why I want to be clear that I said I think that it's good for the league is two things. First of all, how much fun is it gonna be yes. if the tiebreaker the tiebreaker in Absolutely. Winnipeg in a couple yeah. weeks? Yeah. That's amazing. I'm not saying it's good for anyone other than just your fan of the league. Second of all, playoff races are fun. Like, like I'm just saying it's more fun yeah. if the Stamps win this one and the stakes yeah. are a little bit higher. That's the, I, I, I have no, I have said this to Darren off air. I think that this is a way worse loss for the Stampeders than it would be if the Bombers. Yes. Win. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. yeah. I agree hundred percent, Danny. I think, you know, they start looking at, you know, the, you just start getting cracks in the arm when we say we got a healthy team. We've had a bye week. We had two weeks to prepare, even though they had a week off. Uh, and, and we still can't come out on the right side of the score. Boy, I tell you, that's a lot of self-reflection. And 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 maybe they have to do some changes in there. And but I I, I see I just I just got this feeling, man. I, I just got a feeling that Calgary is gonna be very, very difficult to beat in Calgary. 
I'm well, and I'll, I'll mention I'll something too. I do think yeah, Greg, Allen, Greg Ellingson killed the stamps. Like he was. That's I right. Seen yeah. him do that to the stamps. So him being out, I think Agadesi being out, who for me, like you know, I'm a Calgary reporter, so he reminds me of a young Eric Rogers can just sort of high point the ball um, okay. and beat out good coverage even when it's there. So I, I do think those are two big losses. Um, and again, like I ultimately like you lose this game and you're Winnipeg. What? You're seven and one. You're still the best team in the league. No one's questioning that. And you have the tiebreaker with your closest competitor at home at the end of the month when you're going to be the well-rested team. For me, for me, I just I this is a game that I, I don't think if the Bombers lose, they feel like they have to reinvent the wheel. No, no, I want to want to. Sorry, Chris. Want to thank everybody and welcome everybody who's joining us from Winnipeg Sports Talk. This is Game Day Winnipeg as we tee up. Bombers, Stampeders, and game number two between these heated yes. West Division rivals on Saturday. Uh, Danny, to your point, two weeks ago in Winnipeg in that Blue Bombers win, uh, sure, you know, like half dozen balls dropped or whatever it was, and Kadeem, or, or pardon me, Kamar Jordan had one catch on seven targets in that game, but Kadeem Carey ran for 110, added, I think, around 30 in the receiving game, Renee Paredes went four for four, including two in the 50-yard range. And the Calgary defense sacked Zach Kolaris four times. The score, maybe not, to your point, indicative of how that game went down. It could have been very, very different had one penalty in particular gone the other way. Charlie Power had uh, a holding call uh, on the Peyton Logan return. uh, And then, of course... If Kamar Jordan was able to pull in that touchdown catch or would have been touchdown catch with 45 seconds left, like these two teams are wildly evenly matched. And it's yeah. crazy. I mean, I, I look at like both O-lines are, are obviously very good. Both yeah. O-lines had brutal games uh, effectively. I mean, the Stamps managed yeah. to sort of open holes for Kadeem Carey to run through, but um, Bo was, it, the sacks don't tell the full story there. He was under constant pressure. Willie yeah. Jefferson just big brothered. Um, the Stamps O-line a little bit. It was, I, I've never yeah. seen any player do that to them. And meanwhile, like, I mean, we all saw the bull rush from Fuller and Oro Malade where he just went right through Stanley Bryant. Um, so their, their D-lines are, are exceptionally good. Um, now my, my feeling is, and this is, if you talk to Dave Dickinson, he'll just say, he'll be like, there's all of these buts. There's all of these ifs. He's like the thing about the Winnipeg blue bombers. And you guys know this but from an outsider, I'll just acknowledge it. They win. Like, there's all these ifs, ands, or buts, but good football teams find games ways to win, and that's the thing that the Bombers are doing, and it's still the thing that I think the Stamps have gotten there. And, I mean, we mentioned the Lions, but we've got to see the Lions beat these these good teams. We've seen what happens with Calgary and Winnipeg play good teams. They come out, they play yeah. hard. Um, the Lions are, are a young team, and they may rewrite in the mix, but I, I do think that the Stamps last year really spent the first half of the season building putting young players in, and now they are a team. They're a cohesive unit with a ton of um, guys back from last season, and, and, and they're playing that way. They know each other. Yeah, it, it, it's veterans are, are so crucial to be successful in any league, especially over the long term. But it's funny, you mentioned Ellingson. He had the great game last time. He's out last two weeks. Uh, but they bring we bring Nick Dembski in. And Nick uh-huh. Dembski is a guy that, to me, I, I call him the X Factor. Um, he's been, He killed Saskatchewan in the playoff West Finals all the time. And then you got... Uh, this kid Dalton shown who has just come into his own. I mean, he's, he seems to be, and uh, DB and I talked about this uh, over the last couple of broadcasts. 
he seems to have a really great relationship with Zach Kolaris. I mean, to watch Zach avoid pressure, I don't think I've seen Zach play any better. I mean, yeah, you're right, numbers. Because you look at his numbers, you go, he's 7 for 16 last week against Edmonton, right? But then you watch him against Calgary. I think it was 27 or 38 or something. A couple of ridiculous throws, sidearm. Uh, you know, he, he reminded me of the, of the quarterback from Kansas City, Mahomes. You know, just throwing ball underhand, whatever, just to get it there. So, uh, this Dalton showing is going to be great. And I think with Nip Dembski, it's just one of those guys that I think is so exciting to watch. And you think about it, when they, when they do get Ellingson back, how formidable this group of receivers is. Well, I mean, it, it's I crazy keep, when you think about it. I keep taking Dalton Show in my fantasy, so I know how good he is. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I hope I was yeah. hoping you didn't say I've been having a fantasy about Dalton Show. I was like, no, he's, uh... hey, wrong broadcast, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's been great. But, I mean, and that's like, honestly – Again, there's always, I love talking to people about the stamps from the outside. And I will say like Zach Kolaris, I I don't know that I've ever seen a quarterback who genuinely seems to be better under pressure than when he's in the pocket and unbothered. And like the stamps D line was getting to him. And how many times I'm sort of second and long would I be like, okay, this play is done. And then Kolaris would find Ellingson. Obviously he's got, he's got other options um, and just extend the drive. And like, there was a part of me that was wondering, like, maybe the Stamps should rush less. Like, I, I genuinely, like, it, it's yeah. incredible to see. We just, I, I just as an outsider, it's, we got to appreciate Zach Kolaris when he's here, while he's here, because it won't last forever. But it's an, he's an amazing, amazing athlete. Yeah. On the point of Zach Kolaris, Danny, I wanted to ask you about the uh, Calgary Stampeders defensive backfield. Always, it seems, doesn't matter what season. Uh, they come back with, with tons of talent. We know Jamar Wall is at the dime back. Uh, Trey Roberson on the corner. Jonathan Moxie is back this week um, uh, once again. And then tell me about uh, this halfback, Muhammad, who is amongst the league leaders uh, in pass knockdowns this year. Yeah, he's been great. I Really quick note, uh, Titus Wall, not Jamar Wall. Um, I heard me. Yeah, well, he's a coach now, right? That's yeah. my bad. I, I actually don't know what he's doing, to be honest. Um, sort of quietly seemed to have stepped away from the sport. But, um, yeah, Brad Muhammad, I mean, a nothing. You know, you didn't even notice it when they signed him. He was with Ottawa a little bit last year, um, came in quietly. And and the thing with the Stamps is last year they had the most expensive defensive backfield in the league. Um, they brought in guys like Richard Leonard, Deshaun Amos, all really, really good players. But it did not result in interceptions. Like, it just didn't result in turnovers. Yeah. Um so, so this year, I mean, they brought back Trey Roberson, so it's not as if they're, they're not spending any money. Um, but it is, you know, other than right now, Raheem Wilson, Trey Roberson, and, and Jonathan Moxie, they're, it's a very young, sort of inexperienced backfield. But Muhammad has stepped in, and he hasn't, you know, he's arguably been better than any of the, the halfbacks that they had last year, and those were former All-Stars. So, um, yeah, him, Titus Wall, it's going to be interesting. Those should be back next week. Uh, Brandon Dozier has been out since the start of the year. He'll be there, Sam. So he'll move around. But the thing with Muhammad is it's interesting. Like I don't always, I, I saw it against the bombers. A lot of the times he just hits really well. Like it's, it's amazing. He's almost seems a second late and then gets the contact as soon as the receiver's got the oh, yeah. ball in his hands and knocks it out that way. Um, but, Timing's everything. Yeah. Yeah. Good physical, uh, smaller guy as you'd expect, but um, has been an absolute revelation for them. What, what about the other guy that uh, they're playing right now? I mean, obviously, Trumaine Washington's out. I watched a little bit of the interview with this uh, Deontay Ruffin. Uh, I don't know if it's his first start. I know he didn't play it. I don't think he played last time against the Bombers. Um, 
I'm trying to, I'm kind of curious about what he is. A first year guy out of Penn State. Uh, they must obviously like this guy. Uh, yeah, this, half is like, position. this is probably the fourth position he's played this year, it feels like, to be honest. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah. He's been moved around. I mean, they've had, like, they expected Brandon Dozier and Jay Van Elliott to be starters. Both of them have been on the sixth game. So they've really, really had to shuffle things around. Jonathan Moxie's been in, out of the lineup. But with Ruffin, yeah, I mean, he's played, uh, he was a corner in college, um, coming all the way up. Uh, Basically, it's an open competition, it seems, every week between him and Tremaine Washington. I love that. Uh, yeah, and, and what Dave said today was, look, like, we have we tell these guys that they are being evaluated in practice and that it's an open competition, so when a guy has a better week in practice, he plays. Play, and that's man. basically all it came down to with this decision. Uh, nothing more than that. But he's, again, yeah, young player. I'll be honest with you, I, I, I don't feel like I've gotten a great read on him just because he is moving yeah. around week yeah. after week. Um but yeah, he's, you know, he, he, he can move. I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, just Danny. interesting for you to listen, but uh, you know, just because I was listening to his interview today on the Calgary website, a uh, well-spoken kid, very excited to get an opportunity to play and uh, play against one of the best receiving crews and best offenses in the Bombers. But, uh, and then I look at, and I know you're probably, you, Donnie, does Danny have to go? Could I ask him one more question here, DB, or what? I don't know where to be. I just Danny's been be- Danny's been begging to come on the show with you. Guys. I just want to ask him about one thing too. I mean, obviously, Middlemost played last time. Now you bring back Philpot. Uh, I watched what his kid, his brother did, his twin did in Montreal on a, on a punt return yesterday. The kids, oh, yeah. they got some talent in that that family, man. And so now you got Jalen. I mean, he's only got one catch for eight yards, but you, you got to think they're really high on this kid. Oh yeah, I mean they picked him. He's, he was their first round draft pick this yeah. year. Uh, University of Calgary Dinos guy, so he's someone who like Calgary football fans are are very very aware of. Aware of. Uh, his dad's like they're a former football family, um, so it's yeah. not necessarily a shock that they're they're both able to play the game. But yeah, he's got lightning speed. Um, honestly, like he he's got a bit of a of a tough go to get into the starting lineup on offense, just because Richardson Danny when healthy is is, is had a great she start this season. Uh, this guy, Luther Hackenavano, he's not as tall as, uh, as your six foot seven receiver over there, but he, uh, yeah. he can definitely out jump most guys. So Phil Pot, it'll be curious to see how he's used. He's mostly a kick returner right now. Um, oh, but has been, he's really flashed there as returners around the league are with the new rules this yeah. year. But yeah, Phil Pot, um, he's got a, he's got a big future in Calgary. I, I, I do think we haven't had a Canadian receiver who was really a star here in a while. And he has that potential. Is Richardson Danny going to be coming back sooner rather than later? I think he's just on the one game now. He was on the six, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's. I think he's been one game the whole time. It's it's been hamstring. Oh. Um, and mm-hmm. like I've talked to him, like he's he's walking around. He's been at practice every day, just not in uniform. And then this week he was very, very, very limited. But I think hamstrings. You stick around mm-hmm. football for long enough, and you realize hamstrings are just so unpredictable. So yeah, uh, I think. With the depth that they sort of have with Phil Pot, with Hacking Ivanu, um, I, I do feel like they sort of feel like they can give him an extra week if they need it. I agree, man. Dan- Danny, you, you know, you've been, uh, I, I joke that you've been begging to come on the program. We, we love have- having you on. I, I'm looking forward to having you on again uh, when it's the rubber match between these two clubs uh, in late August, August 25th back here uh, in Winnipeg. And I'm, I'm sure you and I will get together uh, before that game as we always do. But um, I was asked on another program earlier today, like what would lead to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers winning in Calgary? I'm going to ask you the opposite of that. What will lead to the Calgary Stampeders coming out with a victory on Saturday? 
I, I ultimately think that they need to keep Bo standing, and that's true. You know, every yeah. every time that we that we talk about any football game, but I, I just think that uh, like Bo is, you know, he's very good at moving around the pocket. Despite him not liking running, he can he can definitely avoid uh, sacks. But like honestly, I, I do think that the receivers that the Bombers are missing is is going to make a bit of a difference in this game. I, I do think it's going to be harder for them to put up a ton of points. Um, mm. So yeah, I think it's it's largely going to come down to that if the Stamps can score, they're going to win, and the only way they're going to score is if Bo has time. Yeah, and they can't live on field goals. That's for sure. I mean, obviously, that's the um, thing that's killing a lot of teams that play against the Bombers. They just limit them to field goals. I will say, just, come to, back. Yeah, just to get the you know blood going a little bit, it's, it certainly wasn't trash talk. But Kadeem Carey was asked about how the Bombers hadn't allowed. And his answer was, well, they hadn't allowed a 100-yard game until they played me either. So, right. so I, I, you know, Kadeem hey. wants – I've never seen Kadeem want to win the way he wants this one. I I actually love – I love brashness in a running back. I love cockiness in a quarterback and brashness in a running back. And this kid is – you know, I mean, averaged over nine yards a carry last time we played the Bombers. I mean, he just gets it done. But that old line, as you say, they can run block. They played very well. I know that Derek Dennis went on, I think he was in Twitter and they were comparing the lines and he saw, he's kind of tired of hearing about the Bombers O-line being the best and he's, you know, cranking up his own O-line saying they're the best. Well, they're two good O-lines, no doubt about it. But as you say, and I will echo what you said, the D-lines of both Calgary and Winnipeg really gave them a tough goal last time they played. Yeah, it was it was incredibly notable. And I mean, the Stamps yeah. D-line is, is, is strange. Like, I wouldn't necessarily, like, you look and you're like, okay, it's Sean Lemon and Fuller and Armalade. They rotate so much at those defensive yeah. end positions. So, um, yeah, and and I think Flo's finally sort of having his his breakout year. Um, and I mean, look with the Stamps again, they're healthy right now, and that's that's sort of the advantage that they have a lot over a lot of teams. I look around and I'm like, all right, what happens if Sean McEwen goes down? You know, teams have been dro- losing centers all over the league this season, and Sean McEwen's probably the best center going. So, you know, that the advantage that that O line has is that, but. Willie Jefferson stole their lunch money. Like it was not. Yeah. It was. It was a little bit man versus boys out there. So Jeffco being out matters. But I just I happen to believe yeah, that's that. a big thing. I was just going to bring that up too. A fact is Jeffco played last time against Calgary. He hasn't played the last couple. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I nothing against Cedric Wilcox or LB Mack the third, but I don't think they're in that realm of a Jackson Jeffco yet. Jeffco no. gives you that other side of good pressure, and uh, but it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, it's just going to be. The Bombers have some people that are not in the lineup, but every team goes to this. Bombers have actually had some knocks. I mean, obviously, you still got Brandon Alexander out, who is to me was the best safety in the league last year. Uh, you know, you've you've still got a lot of guys on a sixth game trying to get back in. You got the starting center, Michael Couture, with a broken arm. I heard he's practicing again, but you know, injuries. You know, um, it, yeah. t- they take a toll. And the, the only thing that I'll say about that is the only thing that I can think of, and I don't want to say it, but I have to say it. The only thing that will derail the Bombers is if something happens to that. Uh, it's a number eight. So I'll just leave it there and knock on wood. Well, and, and, and speaking of the reigning MOP, Danny, am I out of my mind in saying that Kadeem Carey is in the MOP conversation? Because I think he is. He definitely should be. Um, they he, Honestly, if they win this game and Kadeem has a big game, game then I think you'll hear more of that conversation. I, I still, I'll be perfectly honest with you, I, I, I do think it's it's Zach by a long shot right now. I know that, you know, everyone wants to talk about Nathan Rourke. But oh, like, I was just going to say. I'm, but yeah, I'm, 
I, I just I, I think Zach. I'm sorry. When you're seven and zero, when you're the quarterback and you're, you're playing and like killing your your rival on on second downs and, and running around, yeah. it, Zach Larris is the best quarterback in the league right now. I, I think that yeah. you know Bo should also probably be in sort of the extended conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean Kadeem Carey. I can tell you if you go back to Week Seven of last season, the Stampeders were two and five and they were probably running the ball ten times a game. They came back, completely turned their season around, and were running you know, 20 times a game, basically, with Kadeem Carey. Uh, they realize that he is, you know, the the straw that stirs the drink or, or whatever that is. Um, and what what's honestly, there are very few, there's a couple of them around the league, have been, but he is one of those guys who I genuinely, like, I think that when he gets hit, it hurts the guy who hits him more than it hurts him. Like, it's, oh, yeah. he's, he's so physical and so fast. So um, he's got to not not spike the ball when he gets tackled a little bit high. But other than that, he's a, yeah, he's a heck of a player. Well, when you, when you got MOP candidates on both sides of the football in both yep. of these teams, I would say, you know, Kolaris and Bo Levi, uh, Kadeem Carey uh, and Adam Big Hill, um, probably in that conversation, it really speaks to, um, you know, a, another reason why this game on Saturday is, is going to be a great one. Danny, thanks so much for this. I'm going to throw your Twitter account uh, up one more time so people can follow you at Danny Austin underscore nine on Twitter. Uh, You're an entertaining sharp mind. Oh, Chris, Chris, you got something? I got one more thing to say, and I'm just going to say it. Your buddy, Mark Mueller is a good friend of mine. Uh, I used to hang out with his dad. He used to, Hey, listen, we used to do the great cup games for CBC and Larry was our spotter, Larry Mueller. And we had Mark Mueller as our driver because we'd go and have a few pops. So his nickname (laughs) is Kiss Ant. So when you see him, You got a guy. His name is Pissant. He'll know who's calling him. That's hilarious. I'll let him know. That's uh, yeah. He's he's a salt of the earth man. That guy. That guy rules. Great guy. Um, Yeah. But thank you guys so much for having me on, man. I love what you guys are doing. Super entertaining, and can't wait to see you guys in a couple weeks. No, absolutely, Danny. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, man. Danny Austin of Post Media joining us here on Bonfire Sports. And as you know, waiter, waiters uh, in the live chat uh, echoing, I'm sure, a lot of people's sentiments. Danny Austin, a great guest for Bonfire Sports anytime. Uh, and then, of course, we love your stories, Bluto. A uh, great one there um, uh, yeah, with yeah. Danny and, uh, you know, uh, some of the times gone by. That's that's pretty great. Um, we, we should maybe uh, mention uh, once again Nick Dembski back in the lineup and a bit of surprise for uh, the Blue Bombers. He was put on the six-game injured list four weeks ago and it is not played in a month. And normally when you place a player on the sixth game, you expect them to be there for six weeks. Uh, you Teams are allowed to pull two players off of the sixth game early with no penalty per season. So Dembski comes off early, did not practice during the open sessions this week, could very well have practiced uh, during the closed session uh, day before yesterday, Chris. Uh, we don't know what the injury is. I know some people in the live chat are saying ankle. We do not know what well, was, injury is, is hampering him, but uh, here he is back once again. Anytime Nick Dembski's in an offensive lineup, Chris, the defense needs to take account. Uh, you call him What's what's the word you call him? I just call him an X Factor type guy. The X Factor. I call him the Canadian Army knife. He's not yeah, Swiss. He He's Canadian. Swiss Army, yeah, yeah. He can be used so many different ways, right? So, like defenses, and and particularly yeah. Calgary's on Saturday, they're going to have to account for number ten. Well, it's interesting you say that too, because somebody put a great comment in there and he said, you know, with the depth of the bomber receivers, Ellingson out, do you think they're rushing Dembski back? And I never thought about that because you know, obviously, we only saw. 
you know, uh, you know him uh, in one practice because, and that might have been the closed one. Mm-hmm. They probably tested him, so we don't know. Uh, but then you look at the depth, and really, you got you know Brandon O'Leary Orange is hurt. He's on a six game. Uh, they they have a guy named Luke McMillan, wide receiver. Winnipeg Rifles. Uh, who else? Winnipeg Rifles. Luke McMillan. Well, I mean, but they, their depth is really so. You wonder sometimes the fact they don't have Ellingson. They lost the big kid. I could tell you right now, if Agadusi was still healthy, he'd be in there. I don't. That's my my personal opinion. Hundred percent. I think, they, I think they'd let Dembski rest even more. But I think when when he you know unfortunately got hurt, I think there's a little bit more push. And I know this happens in football, uh, and I know they they always err on the on the side of safety nowadays. But I know in the old days they try and push you to come back because they wanted you to be in the lineup. So. Uh, I'm hoping that's not the case. I don't think it is. The players have way more say in that now than we did when we played. So I got to think that uh, Dembski says he's 100%. He's ready to go. So Rashid Bailey also back uh, once again. And, and speaking of Rashid Bailey, Chris, I think this would be a good time to hear from quarterback Zach Kolaris, who uh, touches on a, a few topics. Uh, but in particular, uh, the touchdown grab that Rashid Bailey had last week, which uh, got the monkey off his back a little bit uh, and showed that, you know, he's uh, still a heavy contributor in this Blue Bombers offense. But here is quarterback Zach Kalaris. And I were just talking about how fortunate he feels to, to have the teammates he does, the receivers, also to have, you know, a veteran quarterback like you. How impressed are you that this is a guy that hasn't played pro football before? Seven games in, he's got a whack of yards and, and four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I know he's been in some locker rooms in the NFL, and uh, you know, a friend of mine in Kansas City, you know, spoke highly of him. So, um, again, I'm, I, I'm not surprised. Again, he's a mature kid. Um, he knows, you know, what it takes to keep his body, you know, prepared for the, you know, the, the grueling part of the season. And yeah. uh, and again, you know, uh, in our system, you're asked a lot, not just in the pass game, but in the, the run game as a receiver to block and. Uh, as I say every week, those guys are all you know selfless. They put the team first, and uh, he's fit right in in that respect. When you look back at the film and, and you look at the numbers, what do you feel or, or, or think about comparing that to you know you guys got what you really wanted, what matters, and that's the win. Yeah, I you know we, we won the football game, you know, so we were able to score some touchdowns. Um, you know, like I said after the game, you know, we had to be able to stay on the football field, you know, give our defense a break. Um, but, you know, obviously happy guy with win. Uh, when you look back at it, it's still worth two points. Friend Rashid, Zach, he was just saying that he, he, he does all that dirty work that you guys noticed, but he kind of needed that touchdown too. Did you sense a sort of relief from him too? Yeah, I, I don't know if I sense that. You know, again, I say it every week, you know, they're, they're a selfless group. You know, obviously, um, you know, guys want to contribute and want the football so as a, as a wide receiver you know it goes unnoticed when you do the pat the, the blocking stuff and uh except for the guys in the room but you know obviously you want you want to catch the football you want to you know score touchdowns you want to get yards after the catch so um you know it, it's not for lack of having things dialed up it's just again the sometimes the defense dictates where the football goes so um i think actually in fact on that play you know if you if you drew it up on a board you'd probably say Hey, we're probably not going to go to Rashid on this one, but um, you know, just peeking at you know what the leverage of the field half was and how he was playing, you know, I thought to myself, you know, in the moment, you know, I think he can run by him, and he did, and he made an unbelievable catch. And I've seen him do that time and time again on contested throws, so not surprised. No, not surprised at all. Is Zach Kalaris of the play of Rashid Bailey and uh, getting his first touchdown of the season last week in Edmonton? 
but Chris, he started that uh, to a question I asked him about Dalton Schoen and yeah. said receivers in the Blue Bombers offense are asked to do a lot, and including in the run game and blocking and the rest. Yeah. Um, so everybody is noticing Dalton Schoen for being a rookie, four touchdowns in his first seven games in the CFL. That friend in Kansas City that Zach Kolaris talks about is Pro Bowler and Super Bowl champion Travis Kelsey, his uh, old teammate from the University of Cincinnati. They were, old they were old roommates. Yeah, old roommates. Yeah, so they probably got into some trouble together back in the day. Oh, but yeah. um, when it comes to Dalton Schoen, everybody looks at the numbers, but he is doing the right things away from the football as well um, yeah. and, and clearly impressing people. Probably the CFL's Rookie of the Year as we're now one-third into this 21-week season. I'll say one thing about him, and I watched him in a game. As I said, I watched all the games back, and you know a lot of a lot of slop action in this league, whether it be Ellingson uh, or whether it be Dalton Schoen. I watched Schoen though, specifically uh, come back when they do the fly sweep with the slot back, the opposite side. He comes down and he and he cracks back on the on the defensive end to try and keep him from going to the outside, and he does a great job. And as you're right, he's also the number he's number one in the CFL tied with his injured teammate Greg Ellingson in second down conversions with 15. Uh, he's the go-to guy. I mean, obviously, what a great job of after the catch and yak yards with that 81-yard touchdown last week against Edmonton that basically broke the game open for Winnipeg. Um, he just finds openings. This is a guy that, you know, he's he he, he loves the waggle. You know, and, and obviously in NFL, you're lined up. You're, you know, you're like stick, man. You don't get to do that. But he loves the waggle, and he has the ability to read defenses as well as anybody that's been in the league for a number of years. And yeah. that experience is showing. And obviously the confidence that he has and the confidence that Zach has in looking for him. And I said this, he is the go-to guy. I mean, he had the big game last – I don't know how many catches. I think he had eight catches last week against Edmonton for 140-something yards. Um, he's only getting better, and I agree with you. He'd be one of my front runners for rookie of the year right now for sure. No question. Uh, just pulling up uh, his numbers from last game, Dalton Schoen had four catches, four. which led the Blue Bombers, uh, but had 146 yards, including that long 81-yard oh, touchdown. Oh. I don't know if you caught it. Uh, he was mic'd up in the last game, Chris, and uh, listening no. to him on CFL Wired uh, with how excited he was as he uh, ran into the end zone and you know, uh, chatting with Zach Kolaris after that 81-yard touchdown. Say that was a lot of running. That was a lot of running on that one, and uh, 41 yak yards, I think, on that 81-yard touchdown alone. So half off Claris's arm, half off Dalton Schoen's legs, and uh, he is an impressive, impressive young player. Amazing to think that yeah. he was a walk-on uh, at college. He actually mentioned to me earlier this week, Chris, um, and, and we heard from him on uh, Bonfire Midweek, uh, so go back to our YouTube channel uh, and check that out uh, just from Tuesday night, uh, and you can hear from Dalton Schoen. But he mentioned how he played three sports in high school. He played basketball, baseball, and football. In basketball, he ran the point. No surprise. He's got the hands uh, and yeah. played a little shooting guard as well. I asked uh, I asked Zach Schnitzer this on midweek. Chris, I'll get you, I'm asking you to guess what position in baseball Dalton Schoen played. I'm going to say shortstop. That was Zach's guess. Really? So I just, because usually you're very athletic. You got to cover, right. you know, between second and third uh that was my guess i don't know what what position did he play yeah like i wasn't completely surprised because he's got speed right i can't imagine how good a base runner he was but he's rangy as well right he's rangy he's able to cover a lot of space did he get it right 
No. Oh, he was he played, a shortstop. No, he was not a shortstop. He played oh. center field. And he said he played shallow wow. in center field because he had no problem if the ball was hit over his head to turn and run and then kind of do that Willie oh, Mays style over yeah. the, you know, over the shoulder uh, basket catch and similar to how he catches footballs uh, and deep ones off the, uh, off the arm of Zach Kolaris. So uh, he's clearly athletic. And oh, yeah. to hear Mike O'Shea talk about him showing up to camp, acting like a pro, um, yeah. doing all those things that three, four, five-year veterans do in his first year in the CFL, it, it really says something. It's, it's interesting you talk about baseball. I played baseball, and obviously center field's a great position. Shortstop is a, a very athletic. And when I played, I was a, a youngster, and they put me in right field. And there was nobody basically hitting southpaw back then, so I was just out there swatting mosquitoes. I'd be looking around, counting flowers. <laughs> oh, there's a four-leaf clover. I, was, I mean, to me, when you're a youngster, and I don't want to knock anybody that plays right field, but for me, they just weren't hitting to me. I mean, I, they had to dust me off at the end of the game. I was just collecting cobwebs out there. That's hilarious. That is, I thought you would have been like a catcher. Maybe you couldn't oh, get low what? enough. I don't know. What a big guy. Yeah, that's right. You know what? Listen, first I got base? Maybe first base. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, I like baseball. I loved it until they stole my baseball glove and I, that was the end of it. Well, you're supposed to be stealing bases, not baseball gloves. I think it was a coach. He didn't want me to play anymore. <laughs> well, Chris, speaking of that 2410 uh, Blue Bombers win in Edmonton in a game where kind of opposites from the game against Calgary two weeks ago, where they were beaten first downs, beaten time of possession, beat in yards, but not beat where it counts. And that's on the scoreboard with a 14 point win. Um, I asked Mike O'Shea uh, earlier this week uh, if it can be a learning game for the Blue Bombers, in particular, some of those younger players. So let's hear from the head coach. A uh, football coach reached out to me after the game in Edmonton and, and he said, you know, that must be a very good teachable game, you know, that you find a way to win despite numbers or time of possession or whatever. Yeah, I don't know that our guys are wrapped up into stats. I don't know if you asked them during the game what those numbers were. They, I don't think they'd even know, right? I think as a whole, our group felt like they were in the game and it was still a you know it was still a contest you had to keep working and it was a good game i don't think they ever felt like they were on the wrong side of the of any ledger really um and in terms of learning something yep for the young guys yeah absolutely i think our core group that have been here have learned those lessons four years ago right they they continue power through those situations and they don't waver and I think that's important for our young guys to see. Is it their teammates that teach them? Those guys that have known it for a while? I believe so. Yeah. I know you can't worry about injuries as, as a head coach. Is it something you almost need to keep out of your mind of who's available and who's not and just focus on preparation? Well, I worry about them all. Sure. Absolutely. Each guy is very important uh, to this team as, as a teammate, right? It's, as a coach on a personal level, you worry about all these guys yeah. and what that injury is going to do to them you know, on a personal level. On the team level, I mean, we have a, a roster for a reason, right? And you, the coaching staff does such a great job and the vets do such a great job of making sure everybody knows what they're doing. So that I do not worry about because you just believe in the guys you have in the building. If we didn't believe in them, they probably wouldn't be here, right? So, but, uh, I, I, you know, I absolutely worry about all the injuries. It's just not sure. 
in the way that you think I might. Right. Well, personal load for sure. I, I did mean as kind of a, on a team note. Uh, another thing you can't worry about is, is the schedule and, and where the buys kind of land, but were, you know, something you, you took note of or prepared for when you don't have a buy the first half of the season? I mean, we're all smart guys in here, right? They all see the schedule and they just know it's going to, it's going to feel different and be different as we navigate the schedule, but it's, it's exactly what we need right now. What is exactly what you need? The schedule, the way it is. Gotcha. It's fine. Thanks, Mike. Here's the head coach uh, stating it as plainly as possible. The schedule is the schedule. Uh, what yeah. we have is exactly what we need. Um, but uh, interesting comments from the coach there on. But there was also a first draft. This is the second draft. And he actually loved the first draft of the games of the schedule. And they revamped it. So I know that he, I remember right. I watched one of the things and he was talking to somebody. He goes, I actually like the first one, he says. But it is what it is, right? But I think we should talk about another thing that's really, uh, you know, we've, we've been talking about the offense, the defense. A big change, obviously, for me, and I, and I kind of apologize for overlooking it, is obviously with Malcolm Thompson out at safety. Right. Huge. I mean, he's been playing very well. And now you got Nick Hallett, the third-year player out of U of Toronto. Uh, their backups are basically Tyrell Ford, Waterloo first year, and Kent Parker, uh, or uh, James Parker, Jamal Parker, first year out of Kent State. Not a lot of depth in that secondary, boys. I'm telling you right, right. now. I know they can move guys around. But uh, you've got all linebackers. The only guy that I can see moving back to that if they really need a guy would be, obviously, I'd probably look at putting Donald Rutledge Jr. back there in one position and maybe right. move somebody else around. But that, to me, is a huge, huge change for them. Yeah, there's uh, Nick Hallett right there uh, lining up and the only safety on the roster. It's interesting, Chris, you're right. If if they did have to uh, shuffle things around, it's not a, a straight one-for-one -one situation. Say they needed to replace Hallett, they would probably put, uh, you know, a Reda Cromdy there or move Rutledge and then bring a different DB to the Dimeback spot uh, here, the the Sam linebacker. There, there would be a lot of movements around there, but it shouldn't be overlooked um, how different this Blue Bombers defense will be without uh, Malcolm Thompson in the lineup. And then, uh, of yeah. course, if you're just joining us as well, Nick Dembski. A uh, bit of a surprise coming off the six-game injured list early. Undisclosed issue has uh, kept him out of Winnipeg's last four games. Another individual, Chris, we have not mentioned is number three quarterback Dakota Prukup, who yeah. served all six games on the six-game injured list uh, after being hurt in week one. Uh, he is back and running wild. He is a very, very entertaining player to watch in the yep. short yardage package. He has streveler like legs, uh, just to put it in a way Blue Bomber fans are, are familiar. He, he can really run with the football. And I, I know they like him for the short yardage, as you say. I think he's one of those guys that uh, if he breaks through, he can take it for a long time. But he's a big body, and you always want to have a big body. And no knock on Drew Brown, because I thought Drew Brown did a heck of a job filling in at that short yardage position. But you know, obviously, he's not the same size as the Dakota Prukop. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that they're getting guys back at the right time. But, again, you remember this. It's, it's an 18-game schedule. It's a long time. It's, you know, it's, it, it takes You have to keep building, and you got to just knock on wood. You don't lose key people during the race. I think that the uh, Bombers coaching staff, but more or so their scouting department, have done an absolutely wonderful job of finding the talent they're bringing in. 
because right now, you know, everybody's trying to get a job now with, you know, the NFL and then you got the USFL and you got the XFL coming into play. Uh, and I saw their salaries now, I think it's 5,000 a game uh, or whatever. I think it's 5,000, 50,000. Yeah. So plus they get a bonus for winning uh, and they've got a lot of TV sponsorship already too. So there's going to be guys seriously, who are going to look at that saying, you know what, maybe that's where I want to play. I'm going to be close to, uh, you know, my, maybe my family or my, where I went to school. So not to uh, get too ahead of myself, but again, I tell people, enjoy your, enjoy the players you got now. Enjoy your team because with all these new leagues, it's going to change everything. I really do believe. Uh, so uh, in the live chat, uh, Bruce, who's watching live on YouTube, says, why is Malcolm Thompson out? Was it the ratio? Uh, he found himself, Malcolm Thompson, that is, on the injury report on day three of practice. Uh, was not listed prior to that, but there yeah. he was on Wednesday afternoon uh, listed with, I believe, an ankle injury, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, Chris. Uh, but you presume that happens in practice if you're a full participant on the first two days and then uh, suddenly find yourself uh, on the injured list for, for game three. So maybe a bit of a, a wrench in the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers plans late uh, to, to have to uh, find a new safety. It's interesting because I don't even see, uh, I, I'm looking for him on the, on the roster right now to find out where he is, but uh, he's on the one game. Surprised. He's on the one game. So that would be a, why people would probably ask, is it a thing? But I, I can't yeah, see it's that. It's a, a calf injury. And yeah. after being a full participant on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, he was limited uh, on Thursday and uh, now ruled, ruled out on the one game. Well, you know, it's smart. And Nick Hallett, nothing against Nick Hallett. He's, you know, he leads a team at eight special teams tackles. He's doing a great job there. Uh, you know, he's he can get it done. I mean, he's been on the roster for three years. Him and his brother, Noah. Uh, obviously Noah's hurt around the sixth game and you got Nick here and Nick's I think will do a fine job. But when you're going down from a Brandon Alexander mm. and then you go to Malcolm Thompson and then you go to Nick Hallett, there's no dog in any of them, but I, I, you know, could have had mercy Maston there too. Could have had him at safety. I, I, and this yeah. is no, so you have to put, say it as delicately. The best player should always play in the best place. Right. And mm -hmm. I mean, Brandon was the best of that Brandon Alexander. Uh, Mel Malcolm Thompson's come and done a good job. I think he's played exceptionally well at that position. And now Nick Hall is going to get the opportunity. And I love what uh, Danny Austin said from Calgary. And I, 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 every coach says this. Maybe I think Dave Dickinson, uh, the head coach of Calgary, is probably more open than a lot of other coaches. He'll tell you, point blank, best guys in practice are the guys that play. You don't hear that from O'Shea. O'Shea shields his players very much. Um, and that's just the way it is. Uh, maybe it's different when you're seven and zero. Maybe the, the conversation would be different if it was one and seven. You know what I mean? So it's just interesting right now. Yeah, no question, it is interesting. And of course, Michael Shea will will protect his players as a head coach should. But the reality is, um, you know, like when Michael Shea answered my question by saying, uh, "We have faith in these guys, and if we didn't, they wouldn't be here." But the reality is. Coaches have a more faith in an Adam Big Hill compared to a guy that's new to the team this year. That's just the way it is. You're going to oh, have the utmost faith Absolutely. and confidence, uh, you know, in, in your starters and a little bit less from the guys that are on the bench or on the practice roster. That's the reason why they're not the starter. So, um, you know, you, you can take it with a grain of salt, but also know that the Blue Bombers don't concern themselves too no. much with who it is. And that was the basis of my question, right? It's, you can't worry about who it is. You prepare for your opponent 
the same way regardless. And, that, and, 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 and to your point as well, uh, the DB coach, Jordan Younger, does a fantastic job with, uh, you know, defense coordinator, Richie Hall. They believe in the fact that you have to play multiple positions. The only way you make this football team in Winnipeg is you have to be versatile. You have to play a number of positions. You have to know every position. If you're just stuck on one position, the odds are that if you get hurt and somebody comes in and plays better, you're not, you're not coming back. But if you're a versatile guy, they want you back because of the fact that you can play multiple positions. So, and, and Coach O'Shea, that's a great point. O'Shea is a player's coach. They run through walls for him. That's a great point, Jeff, and that is the truth. If you've got a guy that treats you like a man and treats you like, you know, like you want to be treated, not like a business where, you know, and I, we've had coaches like that where they just, you know, you're, you're nothing but a number. There's no personality. There's no uh, interaction. It's, uh, do you know, my way or the highway. And he doesn't yeah. believe in that. He creates a family atmosphere. And that rides all the way up from Kyle Walters to, you know, Wade Miller and down uh, to Brad Foddy, the equipment guy, all these guys. I mean, yeah. and, and well, just, and as, as Jeff mentions in the live chat here, Jordan Younger, the Blue Bombers absolutely. defensive backs coach, will be a DC somewhere one day. He's one coach in particular, Chris, that I've had players, defensive backs, his players tell me that he treats them like, men he, he's more like yeah, you know yeah. he, he's not an authoritarian he's the boss he's the coach they know who the he's boss. the instructor but he also treats them like a teammate he treats them like a man treats them like a real person that's the mike o'shea mentality you treat these guys like men and they will be men they will be leaders they will handle everything themselves they they don't need that uh, overarching kind of like that oh, well, yeah. your era frankly your era of football Chris right where the, the coach would be there screaming and yelling yep. Um, yep. often yep. and and you know be, being kind of the uh, iron fist of it all you know what does that do you know what it does your sphincter gets so tight you're so nervous about making the mistakes yeah. that you don't play free don't play without worries you get beat once or whatever and next thing you're thinking the coach is screaming at you and you're like oh my god I gotta go back in god forbid I get beat again so, I mean, yeah, and I've seen coaches grab guys by the face mask. I hear them, you know, screaming right on them. And I've seen players who want to basically kick the crap out of the coach because of the way they get treated. That's one thing that doesn't happen. In good organizations, and I think Calgary's a reflective of that as well, they have good culture there. Johnny Huffnagel, Dave Dickinson, they create a place where players want to play. Um, and that's why these two franchises are the best. I mean, Bombers are the top team for the last three years. Uh, Calgary was a top team for, you know, I, I think 10 years prior to that, all because of what they do, what they believe in, and how they treat people. Yeah. Uh, Jeff also asking if we're going to go live to Zach Schnitzer at the wedding he's attending in Calgary this weekend. No, we're not going to be going to Zach live, but be sure to join us for the post-game show uh, here on Bonfire Sports, uh, maybe 15, 20 minutes after the Blue Bombers finish up in Calgary and uh, we'll see if they remain undefeated. Uh, Chris, uh, as we always do right around this time, your keys to the game, what will it take from Winnipeg to go into Calgary, beat Bo Levi Mitchell uh, for the first time in back-to-back -back games and win at McMahon in the regular season for the first time in years since yeah. 2017. You know, I think offensively, I, I, I we beat this. We didn't even talk about it as much this time, which is great. But I really do believe that they got to get that run game going. I mean, it'll help their passing game. Obviously, uh, I don't think Zach's going to have another 7-16 to 16 game. Uh, he played very well the last time he played against Calgary. But they need to establish that run to take the pressure off him. you got to keep that defense at a stampede, honest. 
And I, for our defense, hey, keep doing what you're doing. I really love the way they're moving Willie Jefferson around. Obviously, we mentioned this in the, in the, earlier in the podcast. First player ever with 50-plus sacks and 50 pass knockdowns, and he's, and he's just doing it. And that's a credit to Richie Hall by lining him up in different positions, over the guard. And once he gets in there, yeah, he may not get the pressure, but when he puts that wingspan up, it's tough for any quarterback to throw. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think they do a great job mixing up the looks. Special teams, I think, are going to have a big, big day because I think I'm a big fan of this uh, Peyton Logan kid. This kid's exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean, think about it. I mean, he he ran back one for a touchdown and got a call back as a holding. Um, he, he, he can run the ball. He rushes. He's got a 6.4-yard average running the football. Uh, they've got to stop the run. So conversely, the Bombers got to stop the run for Calgary because Calgary really ran the ball well. And uh, Kadeem Carey is going to either be nullified or he'll be getting uh, carried on his shoulders after they win the game. There you yeah. go, big fella. Oh, I like that, Chris. Uh, Waiters says Willie Jefferson is greater than Alfred Payton. I would like to get your thoughts on that, Chris. Oh, no. I, wow. Mm. I'll tell you what. Hey. Alfred, Alfred Payton. To my, in my mind, was one of the greatest defensive ends, one of the funniest defensive ends I've ever played. I saw him pick up Miles Grell, throw Miles. Miles, a big man in the locker he room. Threw Miles Grell. Oh yeah, my, Al- Alfred Payton would never wash his clothes, so his shirt would be stiff. <laughs> it was like seriously, it, it, Alfred. I can I can't go, go honest but Alfred, as far as a football player, my God, was he talented. He would yeah. come. He, we, I, I call him Gumby. Because he'd, he'd have this move where he just looked like he's, you know, like he's all over the place, like a rubber man. And next well, you couldn't, you probably couldn't get a read on him, right? No, he's, t- he's difficult to block. I mean, I, how do you block a guy like that? For years. Uh, I love the guy, man. I mean, obviously, he's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. One of the best ever to play position. Uh, listen, Willie Jefferson's one in the Hall, too. Willie is a great football player. Yeah. Um, I, Willie probably does more things than Alfred. Uh, you know, the fact that he can drop back, but that's, you never, we, we never utilized Alfred like that. I mean, Alfred is just one of those guys that, you know, he's a rush to passers and he was great at it. And yeah, he had the great sack, uh, you know, um, uh, great sack celebration. Alfred played, he was just a great guy. I mean, he just, he made you laugh. He just one of these funny guys who wanted to wrestle. He'd come into the weight room, he'd grab a weight bar, he'd, he'd push 400 pounds, no warm up, and he's got long arms like an octopus. And he'd just go push it and they'd say, that's my workout, I'm gone. And he's gone. <laughs> Never saw him again. And then we just... Some natural we, talent. We, we used to think he was in the locker room, but then it was just his stiff shirt that he never washed. And his socks. I don't know how he put his socks on. They were like putting two concrete blocks on his feet. <laughs> Everybody kept saying, hey, take a shower, Albert. Take a bloody shower. Wow. Man, man. Anyway, that's that's my raft on Mr. Alfred Payton. Uh Last point, uh, I could have went a lot of directions out of that, but uh, last point I'll have, Chris, is that some people are saying this is as good a game as ever for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to lose. I don't know how you feel about that. I completely disagree. I think if Winnipeg loses to Calgary, that leaves uh, their third and final meeting this regular season on August 25th as a game that could determine a tiebreaker between these two teams. So if Calgary beats Winnipeg, on Saturday and then finds a way to win uh, on August 25th. They've got four points, uh, a four point swing in the standings uh, could, could be six points swing in the standings or maybe eight. Yeah. Good thing. I, I went to journalism school and not, uh, not, not astrophysics, but uh, really, man. if, 
Calgary comes out with victories in those games and, and Winnipeg has losses, they'll have you you don't want to lose games against the teams you think you could be you don't want to lose any game. game i mean we're talking about games and if yes, it's good but to lose, nobody you, wants to lose a game if you're but if you're saying if you're going to lose the game don't you want to lose against the east or something i no i think what's going to happen i think uh, i listen i think if we lost a team like montreal right now or i think then i'd be worried but i mean i think the fact that uh calgary has more to lose in my mind because they've had a week off they've had uh, you know 10 days to prepare for the bombers they're healthy they've got all their guys back they got more to lose than we do. Uh, I think they'd have more issues than us. I mean, it's, we, we'll, we'll move eight points up on them if we win this football game. So, to me, uh, the Bombers have a set. They're just so good. But I do, do like Calgary. I do like Calgary at Calgary home. I'm picking a very, very, very close game. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. Always and does. I don't know. I think it's going to come down to a field goal to win the game this time. How about this, Chris? The past seven matchups between the Blue Bombers and the Stampeders have been decided by one score and an average margin of victory in their last seven games, 3.6 points. Look at that. Just a squeak over a field goal. I must Um, be like Kreskin. You know what Kreskin, eh? He just predicts stuff, eh? Yes. What was he doing? Fabulous? Yeah, Kreskin. Well, it's way before your time. You were still... Well, he was like... uh, He was like uh, clairvoyant. Right and a magician. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, that's anyway. That's that's uh, that's about I got to do now. I'm going to the lake. Okay, you go to the lake. To... We'll let you go. We'll let you go, Chris. I, I have to go to the lake because I've got to get some ice. Because I got to put some ice on some coolies, and then gonna be a hot day tomorrow. Hey, everybody, enjoy the long weekend. It's gonna be plus thirty tomorrow. Yeah, yes, yeah. It's it's gonna be great. It's almost what too bad this game. What are you doing uh, for the long weekend, what am I hey, doing for the weekend? Yeah. I'm going to write some hockey stories for NHL.com. Uh, oh and um, I'm going to watch this football game and do a post-game show here on Bonfire. It's going to be fun. Okay. I would like go get some sun, okay? Yeah. Get mm-hmm. some healthy vitamin D, buddy. Yeah. Well, like you. your arms. I, I, I see those pythons there. Woo. I, know. I told you. They got their time. vitamin D. Oh, I do, I'm not even taking vitamin D because I've been in a sun. Well, it's because you exercise with the vitamin B. Oh, baby. Well, that's mm. barley sandwich, baby. The best thing ever. <laughs> I got to go get my lucky right now. Hey, did you ever phone, did you ever phone that uh, company? No, I haven't. Okay, give no. him a call. Give I'll give him a call. call. I'll give him if a call. I'll we'll get some coldies going. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you next week about another uh, another option. I got a guy that says he might do something for us. So sounds good to me. I won't say okay. it on here. Just, Enjoy the game, all right. Chris. All right, brother. Have a good time. Have a great long weekend, man. Wish y'all love you, bombers. Go blue. And adios. I got to figure out how to get out of here again. Okay, here we go. Bye.